Looking for a job isn't easy. It used to be that you could apply at a big name tech company and build a great career for yourself. But times have changed. Many of these companies have gone full woke. And if you aren't the right gender, ethnicity, you don't use pronouns, or if you're not an activist for the preferred cause, then good luck. Why would you risk your career on that? At Red Balloon, we're connecting good employees with top quality companies that value you for your skills and your work ethic, not your social activism score. Employers who post jobs on Red Balloon are focused on creating an enjoyable and productive work culture, free from divisive woke mandates. So if you want to find a serious career path without the nonsense, come to Red Balloon and post your resume today. Because you shouldn't have to choose between your job and your values. That's redballoon.work, where you can find your future. Really, it's, it's, it's part of this government's obsession with controlling um, the internet. Hey everybody, Michael Thiessen here, and you are listening to Open Mic uh, with Michael Thiessen. And this show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with ChristianWeek.org. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. And Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. Today, I get the opportunity to speak with uh, Barry Bussey, who is uh, going to give us some legal insights into the new uh, liberal bill, Bill C-18. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation, Barry. I know that I know that we we saw this bill coming and said we've got to talk about it before the weekend. And and you graciously have get, coming on the show. So thanks so much for coming. Uh, it's great to be with you, Michael. Well, Barry, um, if if I can kind of frame our discussion, the way mm -hmm. that I'll frame our discussion is just with some news headlines about what's already happening, at what we would call the backlash of Bill C-18. But mm -hmm. I'm hoping that you'll be able to walk us through a little bit of the bill and a, and a greater understanding of it, because I know that, you know, typically I'll go online and I'll just read the text for itself and in this case, I'm reading through this bill, and and I can under I can hardly understand what the ramifications are. There's so much uh, technical language, and uh, I want I want to say referential language. So uh, I'm just going to get us started by framing the conversation. So uh, in the news today, we can read three or four headlines. CBC uh, reports that uh, Google is set to remove news links in Canada. Uh, in that same article, uh, Meta ends contract uh, for journalism fellowship as Bill C-18 fallout continues. That's from uh, CTV. Uh, if we go to the CBC, uh, Canadians will no longer have access to news content on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Meta says. Um, the National Post uh, talks about uh, Trudeau accusing these these. these uh, big social media companies of abandoning the democratic responsibility from walking away from his, his bill. I want to read briefly. This is, this was a new one for me today that I think is really important. 
uh, Google is set to remove uh, news links. And so this is what this is what CTV reports. Google said mm-hmm. Thursday it will remove Canadian news from its platforms and end existing deals with local publishers. It goes on to say um, that Canadian user will still be able to search for news content from international outlets such as BBC, uh, New York Times and Fox News. But Canadians won't have access to Canadian news on these platforms if if individuals share so barry can you try to help our listeners understand what's going on and the ramifications of the situation yeah well i i can tell you that you got to look at this as a um as a triangle of things um we've got uh, bill c11 which was passed uh, just a few months ago back in april um where the government is uh, regulating the internet as far as uh, Canadian content is concerned. We got Bill C-18, which um, uh, also deals now with the um, government seeking to have the big tech pay for the links of Canadian news websites. Um, And so that funding is to go back into uh, the Canadian news uh, sites. The idea It seems to be that uh, in the halls of of Canadian Parliament, there was a bright idea to say, hey, all of these uh, big techs like uh, Google, Meta, which, of course, runs Facebook and others, uh, they're using uh, links uh, of Canadian news stories. And the government says that those big tech ought to be paying uh, the Canadian news uh, sources uh, for every click uh, that's being made with respect to um, uh, that news. And so so basically the, the problem is for big tech is that it's a um, it's kind of like a, um, a bottomless pit because there's no uh, cap on the amount of money uh, that would be given is going to be totally dependent upon people who would be doing the clicks and so forth. And then all of this is going to go back uh, supposedly, the idea, the great brainchild of somebody in Ottawa, was that this uh, is going to help support uh, the Canadian uh, Canadian news. Now, uh, but okay, so that's uh, Bill C eighteen. But I also want to uh, talk about just for the quick introduction here, the understanding the third part of the triangle uh, is uh, the online harms bill, which has uh, not yet been. Uh, uh, tabled but it will be in in the coming months uh, the the government is is kind of creating uh, what I would say is kind of like a big net uh, where it's uh, it reminds me back home in Newfoundland where you'd put out the net uh, I used to watch the boats as a kid and they'd they'd uh, put the boat uh, the net uh, keep dumping out the net as they go in a big big circle and uh, and then they would uh, bring it in. And the government seems to be doing a big net around uh, who controls the narrative with respect to news, uh, with respect to content. Um, and so this is all part of it. So Bill C-18 is now uh, coming uh, to where the government now is trying to get the uh, big tech money flowing into Canadian Newspapers. Now, what is fascinating about this is that the 
the lobbyists uh, in favor of uh, Canadian news uh, have been pushing the government for this. But it's it's quite fascinating when you look at the history of, of these kinds of things. The, the government generally, it, it takes years for a piece of legislation to, to even uh, be tabled on the floor of the House of Commons. And government departments will have all kinds of uh, meetings with different uh, interest uh, stakeholders and say, okay, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about that idea? What? How can we best help you and assist you and that kind of thing? But for months, uh, people have been reporting, like uh, Professor Michael Geist at the University of Ottawa and others have been reporting that when the government was holding these stakeholder conversations, uh, they were kind of... Uh, jigging the system, whereby uh, they only wanted people who agreed with government policy as part of these stakeholder discussions. And so the other side was not uh, being properly represented. And so then uh, the government issues reports and say, oh, you know, the sector is asking us for um, uh, for this legislation. And so this is extremely important for us. And so what we want to do is we want to to, to bring it bring it in, and they've done that with C eleven. They've done it with C eighteen, and also uh, ongoing uh, discussions with respect to um, a online harms bill uh, that will be coming down the pike as well. So, um, so all of this, in my view, is is part of a overall strategy of government to control um, the the narrative of whatever subject that they're concerned with. Um, and it, it's a, uh, what, what, what's fascinating is the net effect is that the various news resort, uh, the, the news companies in, in Canada are actually going to end up losing tremendous amounts of money. I was reading one, one report. I mean, we're looking at hundreds of millions of dollars a year that uh, Google, for example, I think it was like 250, 300 million, uh, that the, was really assisting uh, Canadian news sources uh, to get their stories out on, on the broader net. Uh, that's now going to stop. And um, that is going, that's going to hurt. And what is the government's response recently? Um, Rodriguez, the, the Minister of Heritage, uh, uh, has been saying, well, you know, maybe in the short term, it may mean that there's going to be more government funding to the various news uh, sources uh, in this country. But think about that for a minute. What that means is that uh, when you give more government money, then government has yet more control over the narrative. And and so it's going to be the big guys, CBC and so forth, that are going to uh, benefit from the government money. But you can rest assured that Canadians are going to be stuck in a insular, parochial, internet type of situation when it comes to news in this country. And we're going to be having only what the government uh, uh, says is important for us to have. Um that is disastrous for freedom of speech in this country. Hey, friends, I'm happy to talk to you again about Rocklink Investment Partners. With inflation at 40-year highs and economic stagflation on the horizon, growing and preserving your hard-earned capital is of utmost importance. I know it's on my mind. 
And that's why Rocklink Investment Partners are so essential because they understand the investment challenges of today. Rocklink is an independent investment management firm focused solely on creating portfolios of high-quality businesses anchored to the time-tested principles of value investing, and they do not shy away from essential businesses that do not meet the World Economics Forum's definition of ESG. So email rocklink at info at rocklink.com, that's rocklink with a C, or visit them at www.rocklink.com. And again, that's link with a C. Yeah, I want to I wanna jump in and I, I kind of have three thoughts as a follow-up. So first of all, when, when, when we started this discussion, you used the term their, uh, their platform, uh, um, you use the term there for the for the platforms that that are offering individuals to share and i believe that that's the way the bill has interpreted this they're, they they've interpreted that when google has a link go out and let's say that link goes viral google mm-hmm. uh, the law is interpreting that as google's property like and and google's responsibility when mm-hmm. When in fact it's it's a user based individual like that's the beauty of it. Like I wake up in the morning and I look at Twitter, and I follow five or six Canadian news outlets. Some of them are left, mm-hmm. some of them are right, yeah. and my day begins. Uh, you know, after devotions, my day begins with let's get caught up on all of the news, and then mm-hmm. I share that with individuals where I think these are important stories either that need to get out or these are important stories that we need to analyze. But like I can think of, you know, even if I'm tweeting at global news that I, that I despise the article that was just written, um, I'm sharing, I'm, I, the user am sharing their news story. I'm the user um, helping them get their story. Now, now, as far as I'm reading it, that's just going to be finished. Like that's that's just done. The, these guys are saying users are not going to be sharing news in, anymore. And and yeah, I'm not I, sure. I, am I am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, it, it as I understand it as well. In uh, in analyzing what's been happening here, it's the idea that uh, anytime you share on those big tech pro, uh, platforms. Uh, they're going to just basically stop that uh, now. So yeah, so that means when, that can't be positive for Canadian news outlets no. in, in any sense of the word, other than going towards your point of if the government really, if the plan is really just censorship. And and I, so I want to. So I got three thoughts, and I want to. I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw the ball back to you at the end of the third one. So so yeah, first okay. of all. I think the law inappropriately, you know, under the guides of protecting Canadian journalism, um, inappropriately has understood the entire internet. Like, like Google is beneficial, is beneficial to everyone when someone can type in and say, Oh, I heard about a story. I want to, you know, boom. And I see nine, News articles. Now, if I'm in Canada, I'm going to see five from international outlets, not from Canadian outlets. I, I'm going to actually have to get off of, of, of a search engine and I'm going to have to go over 
and I'm going to seek the websites directly, which means that right. I'm likely not going to seek 50% of them because why would I? They're, I, I disagree with their, their vantage point. When, when people is, are throwing it up in my face, yeah. that, that I have to interact. That, that's, you know, um, just saw a Babylon B interview with um, Elon Musk about Twitter. And he said, like, that's part of the algorithms are if you like to fight, then then Twitter shows you news articles that sometimes you're going to fight with. So right. it's just a benefit and it's all user uh, user driven and they've interpreted it as if it's somehow um, the, these uh, intermediary um, platforms that are, that are in control of it. I, I do want to go to the third point that you brought up that triangle, because I, I, I too am scared of this next bill. I've been talking to individuals about this is like, this is a, a progression of bills being laid out. Mm -hmm. um, Barry, can you just briefly touch on that that next one coming? Um, yeah. And is it is it Bill two sixty one? Because there's there's a private members bill two sixty one that seems like a like almost a like almost a, a a thought control bill. I I don't believe it's the same one that you're referring to. You're talking about another one that's maybe not yeah, quite as severe. I, I, Right. Well, I, I'm talking about um, the, uh, uh, let me see, uh, I think it was known as Bill C-36 uh, in the previous parliament. Uh, but it's, uh, it hasn't been introduced uh, as I, I've been doing some searching on it today, and I, I did, didn't find it um, in this new parliament. But um, it's promised, uh, the government has promised that it will be introduced. Um, but basically, the idea is, is that uh, they're wanting to uh, ensure that within the Canadian Internet, uh, it will be a safe space for speech and and so forth. So it, it, there, so the government being the big brother is going to tell us now what is going to be safe uh, for Canadians to watch, to listen to and and so forth. Um, so that, um, uh, in essence, uh, any kind of harm, which is, uh, it'll be interesting to see if it is in fact defined, because one of the things we, we're finding with the Bill C-18, Bill uh, C-11, and so on, is that the government is using the broadest uh, uh, form of language in this legislation, and it's leaving it up to, uh, for example, the CRTC in uh, Bill C-11 and so forth to say, okay, uh, we will allow CRTC to develop um, uh, regulation. I expect that that will be the same kind of thing that's going to happen on the online harms bill, uh, that it'll be very broad, it's going to be a huge net, it's going to get in. Uh, so now what happens is it's going to be up to the uh, Canadian bureaucracy um, and that is going to uh, teach us all as to what harms are, and 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 it's it's the idea of of uh, basically people who are going to be offended, uh, people who are going to be uh, just uh, uh, find a um, find a you know if they are offended they will be able to have a, a process where they'll be able to go and say hey listen uh, we want this. Um, 
item taken down because this offends me and you're going to have some bureaucrat who's going to investigate it. And then uh, one can imagine that a website or a, a streaming uh, program will say, okay, well, now they're going to have to defend themselves. And of course, the problem with this kind of mindset, we see this uh, with uh, the current um, human rights um, apparatus in this country, where basically the government is on the side of the one who's filing the complaint. And, and the person who has to defend themselves got to look after their own expense, legal expense. And um, so it's probably going to be that kind of a system uh, that we're looking at. So, you know, in looking at all of these three areas, and really, you have to look at it together. You can't like uh, re really it's 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 part of this government's obsession with controlling um, the Internet. Uh, Michael Geist, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's the professor at the University of Ottawa. And I quote him and he says, I, I recently lamented that it has become Canada has become the most anti-Internet government in Canadian history. And I. I would even uh, up that a little bit and say that it's perhaps um, maybe not the whole world, but certainly um, it is now mirroring some of those totalitarian countries. Yes, maybe outside of official communist countries. Yeah. You're you're certainly seeing this on. Uh, well, it, it, just think about it. Like sometimes sometimes when we're talking about these things, it, we don't we don't understand the ramifications like. Whenever the bill takes effect, you know, again, if I'm reading in that news article, you know, we're going to block Canadian news. That means that Canadians are going to wake up one morning and yeah. be able to yeah. go to their social media platforms and say, what are people talking about? And see news stories. They're going to be able to go to Google and search news stories. And the next morning, they're going to see nothing from Canadian news sources. Uh, like yeah, that's. It that's an iron curtain falling like, like that's that's literally that, that, that's a digital iron curtain falling and then added to your point barry on on the on the discussion about hate speech um and the wide broad terms and with the courts deferring to the government themselves because that's what we've seen through throughout covid uh the government will defer to the government's policies and to the government's the courts will defer to the government's policies and to the government's uh, expert witnesses. So this deferral, it really is a problem. This trifecta you're talking about. Yeah, and and you know you you raise a good point there when it comes to the courts. I've be, uh, become increasingly concerned about um, the courts' uh, positioning and legal analysis that. Um, that is constantly deferring to the government actor. We, uh, in in law, we we uh, refer to this as the Dore test, um, which uh, was a case involving um, uh, individuals up or organizations up in um, uh, the uh, province of Quebec, and and the 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 issue was if a government actor makes a decision and the government actor is supposed to take into effect or take into its analysis the charter rights of the individual who's being, uh, whose charter rights are being offended. And, and basically what the courts have said is, look, uh, we, will, we will consider that the bureaucrat has done its due di uh, his or her due diligence in um, ensuring that the charter values have been uh, abide by. And 
and that's not charter rights. That's charter values. This is this is a judge-made concept which basically deals with the spirit and essence of the charter. Um, it is something that's very controversial in the legal literature. It's very controversial in a number of uh, judges uh, in the courts. And uh, so basically you, you've got a situation where, as in the case, for example, one of the most egregious examples in my view is the one of uh, the Trinity Western University Law School case, where the law society said, well, because this law school um, has a definition of marriage that uh, in society we no longer accept as one man and one woman, uh, that is sufficient enough uh, for the law society to say, well, this violates the spirit or the charter values. Um, and even though the school itself has a religious freedom right, even would uh, have, um, you know, freedom of expression rights and so on. Uh, but that now is is no longer needed to really go into the deep analysis of whether or not there was proportionality and so on. All that all the gov all the courts are requiring the government actors to do is turn their mind uh, to the issues of the charter. And if in their expert opinion, they've made a decision, uh, then we will accept it. And that kind of deference uh, we saw, we are now uh, seeing as the legislation, or sorry, as the court cases are going through with the whole host of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, matters. But now one can see that with this kind of uh, legislation, the trifecta, the Bill C-11, the Bill C-18, and the online's uh, harm bill that will be coming, we're, we can fully expect uh, that as time goes on, the government actors are going to be given uh, deference by the courts. At least that's what I'm suspecting. Um, I would like to see uh, a more rigorous approach uh, when people are losing their uh, freedom of speech rights, uh, you know, that there would be a more vigorous approach on that. But right now, at uh, with the trajectory that I'm seeing within the courts, uh, we don't see that. So I've got the bill in front of me right now, and I'm reading mm. the purpose statement of it. I'm going to share that with everybody. It's uh, section four. The purpose of this act is to regulate digital news intermediaries with a view to enhancing fairness in the Canadian digital news market and contributing to its sustainability. Uh, including the sustainability of new businesses in Canada and both the non-for-profit and for-profit sectors, including independent local ones. Okay, now there's a few things here. I, I, I want to first start off with a good old laugh. And I want, we're going to laugh at the fact of the idea of fairness, because I think you're, you as a lawyer can help explain what fairness actually means and what they're, what, what they're trying to say here. Um, and then I want to ask you a question about why they would include both non-for-profit and for-profit sectors. Like, mm -hmm. um, so, so first of all, Barry, can, can you explain to our listeners what fairness is supposed to be and how this can't possibly be promoting f actual fairness. So uh, fairness, uh, let me just uh, have a look here on the act itself. Um, um, 
One sec here. Um, so the uh, what's extremely important is that we have. Um, uh, let me just see here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, what is important is that uh, most legislations have um, um, definitions. And what is fascinating is that this legislation has no definition of what fairness is. So um, right. it's it's going it has, to have it has to, other definitions. Just to be clear, other, you can you yes. can look at it, you can look at the other definitions, but it doesn't have a definition of fairness. You're absolutely right. right. So so now what's going to happen is um, it it'll go to court, and um, the uh, government is going to say. This is how we arrived at what is fair. So the uh, CRTC will be over the next coming um, months uh, are going to be working on regulations and they're going to determine what fairness is and, and make Section 4 operative. Um, and so that uh, they get to do uh, what they understand fairness to be. Um, what... Um, what is fascinating is that the legislation in all three of these uh, legislation gives huge, uh, okay, f first of all, they're ambiguous, and that's done on purpose. And any time that anybody has tried to uh, uh, corral it in, to, to narrow it, or anything like that, it's been rejected outright by the government. Um, and uh, I don't know enough about the legislative history of this one to see whether or not, for example, the Senate has often been um, the chamber that there's a lot of discussion and a lot of work that's being put into the bill, uh, uh, you know, in kind of like a sober second thought. And I, I don't know if they uh, sought to uh, define that term and then it was rejected or not, like what was done in uh, Bill C-11. Um but yeah, so anyhow, so the the whole concept is going to be uh, something that's going to be litigated, is going to be subject to um, uh, the regulations, and we will find out what that fairness is. Actually, Barry, I want to flush that, that idea out in, in, in a few ways, because I really want, there are times where I feel on the podcast, we just have to pause and help people understand the true atmosphere that would likely happen. So first of all, Fairness actually means that individuals in the free market judge your work and the rule of law says that you're supposed to be treated fairly before the law. So if someone steals something from you or, or, or um, uh, commits plagiarism or steals a, um, a patent that you've designed and, and approved um, – right. It says no. nobody gets extra favors. Uh, the law creates a fair um, – you know, I, I go before the, the court as someone who is not immediately discriminated against. There, there's a there's – a, there, there's a fairness. It, it does not mean – the word fairness does not mean the CBC or the CTV, uh, CTV can't compete with – people's consumption of Fox News or people's consumption of uh, another new Canadian outlet and therefore the government arbitrarily intervenes on behalf of some of its favored uh, news outlets. So it's throwing the word fairness upside down. But 
uh, Barry, to your point, which I really appreciate, the way that that's going to play out, I just want you to help. Can you help our listeners understand if the CRTC is taken to court, does the CRTC spend taxpayer dollars to go hire a huge legal team who's using arbitrary language and like, like kind of throw that landscape out for our people or the, or that portrait out for our people. If, if, if let's say Barry Bussey decided to take the government to court, he's likely looking at, you're likely looking at a half a million dollar legal fee on the other side of it, or, or a million dollar legal fee, the way that we're seeing as we're fighting other court cases um, for Liberty Coalition Canada, where we're seeing the government, uh, the regulatory bodies spending 10 times the amount of money we're spending on legal fees. So, so people are really coming into an environment where the government is very uh, motivated to win the definition of fairness, not only to write it, but then to win the definition of fairness. So what what will happen is uh, CRTC has its own um, internal structure or process where people can appeal uh, decisions and then eventually it makes its way up to the federal courts and then from the federal courts it makes its way to the Supreme Court. Now all along the way, um, CRTC basically has the resources of government behind it and will be able to have uh, lawyers who are uh, very much into the thick of all of the various issues, um, and they are able to, um, you know, put together very strong arguments, but not only arguments, but think about the fact that they have got at their disposal tools that the average person or the average uh, small operating uh, organization uh, wouldn't have, is that they would have the ability to do all kinds of research, all kinds of abilities to come up with uh, uh, various uh, legal theories and ideas that they try to sell it to the court in their argument. And we, we saw that, uh, for example, um, recently when the Prime Minister was speaking about his actions with respect to the Emergencies Act. What was fascinating, something that I think a lot of people didn't really pay attention to, was that the government was faced with the situation with the trucker protests, but then the government lawyers came up with a, in essence, a legal theory as to how the government could Im invoke the Emergencies Act by not necessarily going by the strict reading of the act itself, but coming up with an idea, which ultimately was accepted by uh, Paul Rouleau, was the idea that the act was um, something from the 1980s that needs to be modernized to deal with the modern uh, situations that governments face and so forth. What is fascinating, we did not see that uh, memo. Uh, the government refuses to release it. Well, the point is, and the, the analogy I want to make, is that the government has the resources to um, have the lawyers uh, come up with uh, arguments. Uh, and in uh, this case, uh, with the Emergencies Act, it's yet to be decided by a court. But nevertheless, for the court of public opinion, they were able to say, OK, well, you know what? We have a solid uh, government lawyer opinion 
uh, and we, we don't know whether or not they uh, farmed it out, but chances are it was done within the uh, Department of Justice. We have an opinion, but guess what? You can't read the opinion. Uh, that's that's uh, solicitor-client uh, privilege at this point, and, um, and so forth. So CRTC will also has access to a bank of lawyers who are able to put the arguments together to say, okay, here's what fairness is going to be. Now, remember, fairness is also um, an idea of justice, right? So when we think of something that is just, we think it is fair. But what is fascinating is we can give a definition of justice, but... Uh, my definition of justice is going to be very different on any particular issue uh, based on my uh, perspective. And so, uh, you know, and, and the whole process of going to court is the idea that, okay, facts are presented, arguments as to what the law is presented, and then we get an impartial judge who makes a decision that is going to be fair, that is going to be just. And so, um, that's the kind of process that we would have um, under these regimes. Now, recognize. Right, and, and that's where I was getting at earlier on, where you would come, you and I have a dispute, and the judge would say, well, neither neither of you did anything wrong, but that guy that guy won the debate, so the, the, I don't, the law doesn't need to do anything here, or... Or no, 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 wait, 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 no, no, Barry lied about Mike. And so that was slander. And so yeah. no, Barry, you, you, you're you, now, now the court has to get involved in here. The word fair simply means the Canadian government is going to be act uh, with prejudice towards with partiality to, to, towards certain Canadian news outlets. And it's it, the opposite of fairness. It, it's a it's the political correct euphemism that yes. usually means the opposite of what it's saying. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, that's a keen observation because one of the things we have seen in all of these various uh, legislations um, is that the government will say one thing and will do the exact opposite. Um, so. Uh, for example, in uh, Bill C-11, uh, the, um, the Senate uh, wanted, to, um, uh, wanted to have uh, – uh, wanted to, to require that the bill would not, for example, when it came to Canadian content, uh, be um, – uh, okay, so they, they, they want – the government wanted to say, okay, it's the big platforms, it's YouTube and so on would be caught by the legislation. Uh, but that user content, the content that you were just talking about where you're involved and, and you're using the media and so on, that that would not be caught. And so the Senate narrowed that down in an amendment for Bill C-11, which dealt with Canadian content. And um, and the government all along said, "Oh no, we're not interested in in the uh, in the actual content of the user content. No, no, we're only interested in YouTube. We're only interested in Google. We're only interested in all these things." But then, when the bill says, "Okay, we take your word for it," so uh, let's now narrow it uh, so that it won't be user content. Well, when it went back to the House of Commons, they took that amendment from the Senate out altogether, and and they put in the original language. So. You know, it's like on the one hand they say this, but then they do that, and but 
and, and so it's the same kind of idea uh, that we're we're seeing uh, here as well. It's just this this idea of being able to do the talk but not able to do the walk. Okay, so man, I, at one point I want to get to just your personal thoughts on does this have anything to do with anything other than censorship, uh, which I, I think I know your answer on that, but I, I want to hear it. But before we get there, um, I want to talk a little bit about the breadth of this bill, because again, we talked about definitions. So I, I want to read the definition. So news content means this in any format, including an audio or audio visual format that reports on comma investigates or explains current issues or events of public interest and includes such content um, that an indigenous news outlet makes. Again, I don't know why they need to put that in there other than other than to to be critical theorists. Um, then you go, what's the definition of a news outlet? News outlet means an undertaking or any distinct part of an undertaking whose primary purpose is to produce news content and include and includes an indigenous news outlet and the official language minority community news outlet. So so those are pretty big definitions for news yeah. content and news outlets. I, I think the only word in there that would maybe help an organization like Liberty Coalition Canada is that it says the primary purpose is to produce news. But mm -hmm. again, in, in the news content definition itself, like any format, including audio and or audiovisual that reports on investigates, like that's a lot of different organizations. Like, you know, I, I don't want to throw anybody's name out there. So they get on a short list to be, to be hauled under this, um, this bill. But it, it seems like, a like you met, like you said, a pretty broad net, like including, very small organizations that are anti the government narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now what what this bill does is that, OK, so the, the concern of the news content is the idea that that is what's being linked. And so um, if if your particular uh, program, Liberty Coalition, for example, is considered producing news, and then um, uh, that is being linked. Uh, Google would say if if that is then determined, OK, so that's a news content and so forth, according to the government, uh, then Google will say, OK, no, I'm not uh, going to forward that on uh, to the Google search. Uh, then you're going to be harmed a big time because you're not going to be able to get your message out. Um, there's a lot of speculation going on, and it's speculation, uh, but we look at um, the effect, the broad effect of things. And the speculation is, is that uh, maybe the bigger uh, news outlets like CBC and so forth and the other government funded uh, organizations uh, may be OK to continue on because the taxpayer is going to pay uh, for the loss of the support that they would have gotten through Google and so on. But it's the small independent types 
that are really going to get hit hard uh, because they now are, in essence, muzzled. They're muzzled because of the policy of, of these uh, big tech platforms. Um, and so you rightly point out that this is extremely broad and is going to depend upon how the CRTC and its regulations uh, define this and, um, and make it uh, operational. Um, that's going to have the effect that that that's going to be the um, that's going to be the litmus test as we as we go forward. And, and I'm reading through the act, and I'm I'm trying to identify here. The word list comes up quite a bit, and I know that on on the one hand, the government's going to have to now have a list of intermediaries that this applies to that they want to fine. And and most of those guys are just going to bail. They're going to self-interpret. They're going to self-react and just bail out. On the other hand, just trying to to figure out where does this fall, um, uh, Section 30 uh, talks about identification of news outlets. So when initiating the bargaining process – an eligible new news business or group of eligible news businesses must notify the operator of the digital news intermediary in question of the news outlets that are to be subjects of the bargaining process. So again, I, I read that paragraph a little earlier and tried to understand it, Barry. Uh, if I had have written that, I would have said the CRTC is going to keep a list of news outlets that this applies to. And then I would go over to CRTC and say, does this apply to me? Right. Uh, and uh, but that that doesn't seem in my in my mind that that seems very convoluted. Yeah, it is convoluted. And um, um Anytime you get legislation uh, from government, it's going to be convoluted. So, okay, so then uh, what we see here, um, they, okay, so first of all, we would have to know what the eligible news business or group of eligible news businesses are. And like you say, it's going to have to, um, it, one would suspect, I would suspect that CRTC is going to um, either Either it's going to be an open-ended thing where it's going to be basically saying, hey, you know what? Um, you are all going to – anyone who produce, produces news are going to be by default uh, going to be a, um, a news – an eligible news business. You have to apply to us to get the exemption. Um, and that, that is now going to create a whole new level uh, so it could be that way. We don't know yet uh, as to how uh, the regulations are going to be. Uh, but then, you know, so, so, so then you're going to have to say, okay, now the obligation is on you uh, to notify, um, you know, Google and so on, uh, that you are now uh, part of the process. Yeah, My, actually, like, and it, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I went on to the next paragraph, which talks about the determination of of what a news outlet is, and yeah. and it, it gets a little it gets a little clearer, but not clearer. It's the same. It's a the same the same confusion. A news outlet is to be subject of the bargaining process if the commission 
is of the opinion that the outlet is operating exclusively for the purpose of producing news content. I, I want to, I just want to yeah, play so out the fact that it doesn't say if the outlet is operating exclusively by their own self-disclosure, like, like for example, Liberty objective. Coalition Canada ex exists to teach people about the righteousness of Christ and to set yep. up legal, uh, a legal defense for Christians who stand. <laughs> but if they go, yep. no, 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 yep. the commission is of the opinion that you that's do right. it. And, and that's where, that's where the regulations come in, you see. Um, uh, and so that's, that's where the commission is going to be making its, uh, its rules on how it's going to come to that opinion. Now, of course, they've got, right. they, they've got this, um, uh, this list in that determination, but ultimately it's going to be uh, CRTC that's going to be making that, uh, determination. That's great. We are we are fighting the nighttime here, everybody. Uh, this is such an important issue that Barry and I decided to record late at night. And so my beautiful outdoor studio is uh, <laughs> altering its light. So just listen to my voice and uh, ignore the glare of my face. Um, we're we're uh, we're going to plow through here just for a few more minutes, Barry. Sure. So this leads us maybe to our final section of discussion, and that is. Uh, just as a just as someone who's interacting so much with these laws can you see this as anything but censorship like I, I, either you have a millennial who literally knows nothing about economics and believes completely against a free market because of course you're seeing this like google google uh meta uh, they're, they're almost immediately reacting. Mm. You, nobody could have actually thought that this was good for Canadian news sources. Could they? And, and I, I know I'm leading the witness on that, Barry, but yeah. this just seems to me like double speak of the greatest amount in order to censor, uh, to censor anybody who's not government subsidized. You know, um, Throughout the history of news, and uh, there's a number of uh, real good books out there. I, I can't think of it uh, right now, but I was uh, looking at uh, just the concept of a newspaper, for example. Um, and from the very beginning, um, we've always had governments that were concerned about what the story was getting out to the public and whether or not that story met with their approval. And it really wasn't until the late 1600s, um, 1690 or so, that in England, you got a relaxing of the censorship uh, rules. Um, government, uh, especially during the British um, uh, civil wars, the, you know, the English civil wars, where newspapers really took off in Britain as uh, different sides of the war were publishing their view of accounts and all the rest. And then government comes down hard and all the rest. And it's always been the case that governments uh, want to use the ability to be able to communicate their message. And really, when you look at it in our culture, you see it, um, you know, uh, throughout the history of the West, we always... Um, had this great sense of freedom of speech, 
Um, and it was the idea that the individuals be able to speak their mind and, and so forth. Um, and we saw totalitarian uh, dictatorships in the 20th century that clamped down and created propaganda using using literally market techniques for capitalism, but now using it for ideas. And this was one of the things that uh, Goebbels, di uh, uh, Goebbels did with, uh, with uh, Hitler's uh, whole propaganda machine, uh, taking the American way of uh, of uh, using advertising, but instead he was using it for ideas and, uh, you know, the hatred against the Jewish people and all the rest. But the, the reality is, is that throughout time, governments have always been interested in uh, commandeering the news for its own purposes because of power. If we've ever seen anything like in, in our recent history in this country, we have seen this over and over again. Um, Catherine McKenna was uh, a former uh, Trudeau cabinet member. And in a, in, in a bar in Newfoundland, she said, you know, that we found that if you would say it over and over and over, people would actually believe it. And I can't help but think of her a statement as an essence part of this process uh, that's going on right now. Here you've got the Canadian government that has now decided, as Peter Menzies pointed out in, an, um, in the, all of his writings, uh, who was also at one time a CRTC commissioner, uh, he said, imagine that the Canadian government has now taken upon itself to regulate the internet. I mean, regulate the internet. No small feat there, by the way. Um, and and you've done it now with uh, the issue of what is Canadian content. Government gets to decide that. Government gets to decide um, who is the producer of news, but who's the producer of Canadian content. Um, and now, eventually, we're going to be uh, exactly what are these online harms. There is no question that if you step back and you take or you go up to 10 foot, uh, 10,000 foot level and just kind of look at the lay of the land, you can't help but come to the idea that, yes, indeed, government is very much interested in censorship. Now, they may have all kinds of reasons. Uh, like, I find it absolutely fascinating when the prime minister said recently that he was against what Facebook had decided to do, that they're not going to be uh, going along with this plan and that it was somehow against democracy. Well, how is it anti-democrat? How on earth is that anti-democratic when if you would just leave it alone, you would have allowed everybody, every organization to be able to be in the marketplace of ideas, which is what we thought the internet would be, but instead, we got government now entering into this so-called free marketplace of ideas and saying, uh oh, no, 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 you're going to have to pay for this. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to have the right content. You're going to have to make sure that you're not doing disinformation or misinformation. We're going to have fact checkers. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. Well, no. Oh, man. Barry, you just totally opened up another can of worms, and I had forgotten about this. But within Bill C-11, you have 
you have the regulation of uh, percentages of content. Yep. So, 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 so Bill C eleven uh, also forces maybe Christian organizations to promote an, a belief system that they would be at complete odds with, and to to present it with some type of neutrality that would uh, would completely undermine. Uh, our our confessions of faith and our, our proclamation mm-hmm. of Christ, and and you have the CBC already, I believe, is something uh, to the fact of thirty percent uh, being told to um, dedicate thirty percent of its broadcasting to a certain uh, a certain topic, and I, I, I that's not coming to mind right now. So so you're absolutely right. This is. You know, Bill C-11 is what is Canadian content and what are the ratios of content you can provide. Bill C-18 says we're going to restrict access um, because we know that the players are going to walk away. And then you have the online anti-harm bill that's going to come and say, well, what if someone got upset with something someone said online? We've got the news organizations out of the way. Now individuals can't speak. Mm -hmm. And I I, want to... Wow, like that just that hit me, and I want to finish up also with your thought about um, we kind of started about the anti-democratic part. Isn't it irony? Like our, our Canadian government actually believes that d- democracy means protecting the government. It, well, it, it doesn't mean a free business saying, uh, "I don't like your rules, so I'm out, yeah. and uh, I'll go do business elsewhere." Like yeah. he actually thinks that. Democracy means liking everything the government does and going along with it. Wow, they're doing all of this to undermine censors to, to censor and undermine free speech. Uh, there's no question about it in my mind. I, 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 you know, when you also look at uh, the whole reason CRTC even exists. Uh, right. I mean, all of these <laughs> right. regulations came as a result of. Um, back in the day when we had radio, because that was the new uh, medium at the time, um, there were various religious groups that the Canadian government did not like. And uh, they wanted to get uh, in there uh, and control what was going to be on the radio waves so that they wouldn't have unacceptable religious views being expressed across the country because they saw religion as a means uh, or a, as a problem because it was going to cause all kinds of, of strife. So you got that as it's kind of a core uh, understanding. And now we're going to define uh, what is uh, what is harm. And yeah, I mean, it just it just strikes me so uh it's kind of like you know you, you got this three-legged stool you got this three-corner triangle you just got this whatever you want to call it you've got this in yeah uh that has you know i i in my mind's eye as a little boy standing on the shores of new uh, of newfoundland watching the boat just out in in the bay just going around and around in a big big circle with its net and then bringing the net to, together, um, uh, that to me is what's happening here. And uh, the next shoe to drop is the online harms bill. Well, Barry, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, my listeners are going to hear me make a reference that I think might surprise some of them. But um, I was 
just finishing up reading the Harry Potter series, and that's been a controversial series in the midst of Christians, but most people don't quite understand that uh, that Rowling was writing about how the Nazis took over Germany. So it, it's it's about the mm. slow totalitarian creep of, of Nazi Germany. And um, I saw an early interview with um, with the author. And so as a pastor, I kind of read the books intelligently. I've got to answer questions for my people in the church. And, you know, mm -hmm. is this really promoting witchcraft or does this fall in the Lord of the Rings world? You know, that type of stuff. And um, I, I would obviously she's not coming from a Christian worldview. So she, she doesn't stay away from a few terms and themes that I would generally stay away from. But with that being said, you hear all of this in in that fictional story you hear this representation of the controlling of the press you know uh, the, mm -hmm. the 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 slanting of articles the access of information um as you referred earlier uh, in germany during the world during the war you know there was one radio station one radio signal broadcast and the broadcast was time and time again we are victorious we are victorious we are winning we are victorious yeah. and and people had to had to try to find news outlets from outside of germany and you know in in these um in these great fictions that we see orwell and 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 we see in other mm. fictions Yes. You are able to enter in and really feel what it's like. And of course, we've been through COVID and and we've been through the overreach of the government there. And I have to say time and time again, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this fiction book going, that's exactly what it was like. That, that That's yeah. exactly what yeah. they did. Like that, that mm -hmm. was step three in the plan yeah. and everybody saw it coming and 90% of people went along with it and it really hurt 10% of the people who were doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so folks, um, you, you've got to wake up. You, you've got to see, you've got to vote differently. You, you've, you've got to, you, you've got to be public. You've got to be speaking out. You've got to join the legal process here. Uh, and Barry, I'm very thankful for you coming on and helping our listeners understand these issues. Uh, God bless you and everyone. Thank you so much thank for you. listening as my lighting has been, uh, it started beautiful, and now I'm just a big white glare. Uh, Barry's got that, a that's green okay. I'm, screen I'm, in the I'm back. a green glare back there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but the content has been worth it. So thank you for persevering, and Godspeed to you.